Hello and welcome to another episode of the Compile Through Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Widham. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to Apple platforms and Apple development. Let's get on with the show. All right, everybody. So just in time for this episode, we have some new final releases of the OSs and development tools to talk about from Apple. And I also want to cover in this episode a live stream that I did at the weekend where I was playing around with Figma for playing around, trying out some prototyping and some design and seeing how that tool worked out. So let's go ahead and get into this. First of all, watchOS 8.3 has been released. Uh, at the time of this recording, there are no release notes, so we're just going to assume it made life better on that. Also, we have iOS and iPadOS 15.2 release. There's some new features in there. Now, we got a bunch of, of course, usual fix-its. There was some new features for some StoreKit APIs in there, along with some issues for subscriptions being fixed up as well. In general, it's one of those performance improvements. There's been improvements for the sensor data, internet access on devices, as well as something in the settings. There's a new UI called App Privacy Report, where you can go in and see everything in there as well. Generally, just a bit of a dot patch update for iOS there. Moving on, as I say, same for iPadOS, similar deal, right? We've got iPadOS 15.2. Uh, we'll see how that works out. I've not really had too many issues with iOS and iPad OS, so hopefully that's going to continue that way. Now, we also did get macOS Monterey 12.1, so I'm hoping I've installed that, and I'm hoping that it improves some of the issues I've been having with that nice new shiny MacBook Pro 14-inch Max chip. Hopefully, we'll see. I know I've covered in other episodes some of the problems that I've had. We'll see if that works out and how those go. However, according to the release notes, there is some StoreKit API changes. There is a new feature. You can now use graphic cards that integrate the AMD Radeon RX 6600 XT GPU. There's a mouthful for you. iCloud Plus subscribers can now access and use the Hide My Email directly from the Mail app. That's nice. I've played around with that feature. It's interesting and it's nice to have it in there. It is nice to see the Mail app getting some love because I feel like it's very behind the curve on Mac compared to other apps, but I continue to use it because it does have some nice features. Perhaps most importantly for me is the automation options and third-party options for things like spam and all of that kind of stuff. So if you're an iCloud user, uh, you may want to take a look at that for your iCloud email on there. Uh, reminders. Now, tags can now be bulk renamed and deleted. Mm, okay, great. I've never had to do that, but fine. There's also some Swift UI issues in there as well. Like I say, there's not too many specific things in these release notes here. I'm hoping as I use it, I can see if it's fixed some of the issues I've had and some of the ones that I've reported. Hopefully it has. Either way, hopefully it's a step forward. And finally, Xcode 13.2 has been released. Xcode 13 has been a bit of a mixed bag, depending on who you ask. I've had a few issues, but nothing too terrible. Looking down the notes very quickly, it says it includes support for app projects you create with Swift Playgrounds 4. That's good. That is nice. I'd like to see Swift Playgrounds continue to evolve and be a thing. So hopefully they continue to work on that and how that works. The interoperability between creating projects on Playground and Xcode I think that's going to be key to Swift Playgrounds being a useful 
development tool in the sense of working with real code and, and real projects. So that's those. The devices, it says they resolved an issue where an iOS device could become unavailable for development when the system can't prepare a paired. That's a mouthful. Let me try that again. The system can't prepare a paired watch for development. I've not encountered that, but uh, that will be handy because I've been playing around with watch apps a little bit on my live stream. Uh, you can find those live stream, by the way, compileswift.live. The interface builder has had some issues resolved, fixed an issue where Xcode crashed after you enabled a bar appearance in the inspector and then undid the action. Wow, how did that one get through? Okay, they say they've fixed it now. All right. Also some localization issues. They've tweaked metal, the organizer. I'm just skipping through a lot of these here. I'm sure a lot of this will probably be familiar to you if you've already got it. They've worked on improving the previews feature, the project navigator, signing in distribution, resolved an issue where Xcode required every component of a Mac app to have a provisioning profile when uploading to App Store Connect. Good. I've not encountered that one, but anything to do with signing and provisioning, nightmare at the best of times, even when it is all working properly. So that's those. Of course, there's updates to the simulator here, uh, source control, source editor, store Swift, and packages. Again, another big growing one there, testing. Interestingly, the last one on here is Xcode Cloud. And it says, when a known issue, when onboarding new products to Xcode Cloud, Xcode doesn't include a start condition, causing the onboarding to fail. That's great. I am still waiting to get on that. So I, the foul is that I'm not even on the Xcode program yet. So for all of those that are using it, which doesn't seem to be many as far as I can tell, or at least the ones that I know have gotten on it, uh, you know, good luck with that. Let us know how that works out. You can let me know, please. I would love to speak to someone about Xcode Cloud if they want to come on the podcast. Reach out to me on any of the networks, right? Social networks, look for Compile Swift or go to compileswift.com. So that's the news this week. All right, moving on. This weekend, the weekend just gone, I was doing a live stream. If you're not aware of this, I do a live stream where I work on Swift and Apple development and all that kind of stuff. And we have a lot of fun in the chat room. You can go to compileswift.live and find all the details there for that. Now, what we did this weekend, I wanted to, I needed to create some new designs for a new app on iOS. And I thought, what a perfect time to try a different tool. Normally, my workflow would be to design the screens in Sketch and then go over to Xcode and start building those. But I thought, since this was a brand new app, it presented the opportunity for me to look at a different tool and see how it worked out. So what I did, I've tried a few in the past, and there's lots of them. And I'm sure some of you will write in and say, oh, what about this one, what about this one? I've tried a whole bunch of them. This time around, I wanted to try Figma from Figma.com, F-I-G-M-A.com. I'd played with it before, never really used it. So the idea behind a tool like this is you draw out your screens and there are libraries available to have all of the controls for iOS, iPadOS, Mac, and all that stuff and other platforms. And you basically design the screens for your app, which is a great way to pre-visualize these things. So firstly, I fully recommend to everybody that you do that. Don't just dive in with code because part of the next step that you can do here, once you've got your designs, you can hook up buttons on those screens to other screens and prototype the user flow of the app. And then you can either look at that in a web browser or 
you can look at that on a mobile device and get a feel for how it really is going to look and feel on a device with this very quick no-code approach to hooking up screens. Of course, you can't do hugely complex things. That's not really the idea of this. The idea is to evaluate this and also to be able to show it to clients and third parties and things like that without having to build an app, go through, distribute on test flight or whatever system you use. The whole point of this is there's no coding involved. You can very quickly do this, put it out there, make updates and review it with clients, designers, developers, and all that kind of stuff. As an added bonus, you can also then, depending on the platform that you're working for, you can export code and assets and all of that kind of stuff to then go and build the proper app. That's a very quick overview of what these prototyping apps do. Like I say, this time around, I used Figma. I had not used Figma before, but I'd used enough other apps to get an idea of how this was going to go. It was very interesting. In maybe a couple of hours, something like that, I had put together some screens. Again, go to compileswift.live, at least for the next couple of weeks, that stream is going to be up there. You can watch it and see how it all worked out and follow along if you want to interested to see how Figma works out. So at the end of it, it was pretty good. We got some screens in there with some buttons hooked up. We were clicking to go through the screens. Everything worked out nicely. The huge advantage to a tool like Figma is not only can you download a desktop version of the tool, but you can also access and use it in the web as well. So you're not restricted to just viewing it on the web. You can actually edit it on the web as well. Now, the way that probably works, I'm guessing under the hood is, it's probably a web app, right? With a wrapper that you put on your desktop. Another huge bonus here is it's multi-platform. So you are not stuck to just using Mac or something like that. Why is that important? Because your clients and people viewing it, these prototypes, they may not be on a Mac, right? We all appreciate the power of the Mac and using it to develop apps and everything else. Other folks may not be using it. This gives them a way to get in and use the prototypes. And even if they don't have an iOS device, they can go in and use the prototypes on the web page and view it on Windows or Linux or Android, whatever it may be. They can go in and see it there because it's in a web browser. And for me, that works out nicely. That is key. It's all about getting something put together quickly, getting that impression for the clients so that they can look at it, get a feel for what you're talking about, because not everyone can visualize it when you're describing it. This way, they get to see it. They know exactly how it's going to look on a device. Okay, you still have the challenge of now build those screens on a device, but this enables you to get sign off on how it's going to look, color sets, all of that kind of thing. And then you can take all of those assets and everything else and, and go build it in Xcode. There are some, a bunch of plugins that I have, and I haven't looked at them all yet, but I believe there are some plugins that will even export some Swift code for maybe in the next stream, something like that. I'll take a look at those. So that's what I was playing around with at the weekend and just a little bit last week to, to do that. I'm going to make this a, it will be a Swift UI based app. The time feels appropriate for it. And it will be very interesting to see the next stage how I can take those designs in Figma and turn those into screens built with SwiftUI in Xcode and at least get the UI flow working and then build the business layer under the hood. Remember, these prototyping tools, 
They're all about the UI layer and how the look and feel and usability of things. They're not about building the business layer and the logic underneath, right? That is not what this is for. This is to get sign off on the UI and usability, test all of those things out, give everybody an impression, get them all to agree, hopefully, and then move on with the project. But it is a fantastic way of getting that pre-visualization quickly in the hands and the eyes of folks who are not technical like us. And there's no reason for them to be because that's why we're here. But we need to convey that technical aspect of what we do to them. And this is a great way to do that. And I think it's good. Figma does have a free plan, but I don't recall the pricing offhand, but I think it's very reasonable. Will I be replacing my other tools with it? No, because I see this very much as part of the toolkit for doing this, and it will sit alongside the other ones. For example, you can import a sketch document into Figma. So you could still design in sketch. And then if you have a need to hand it off to someone else in Figma or something like that, you can do it that way. So that's it this week. If any of this has been interesting or helpful, reach out, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can either leave comments or there's a link in the show notes. You can go in and leave an audio comment. If you have questions or anything like that, like I say, Compile Swift on any of the networks. CompileSwift.com is, is the home for this. You can go there. There's a contact form. And if you want to catch the live stream stuff or get any merch, you can go to CompileSwift.live. Hope you're going to have an awesome week. I know that I'm going to be working hard this week as we get it well into December. It's always a challenge to get everything done before the end of the year. So I'm going to keep it short and stop the episode here. Take care of yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.